Hello, Internet, and welcome once again to the Always Online Multiplayer Gaming Podcast brought to you by MMOBama.com, your home for all things multiplayer related. It's Friday. It's not 1 p.m. Eastern. We're doing it live at 2 p.m. Eastern here on Twitch.tv slash MMOBomb due to a little scheduling behind the scenes. But normally 1 p.m. We've got chat standing by, ready to chime in on all the topics. Hope you will, too. I'm Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man, your host, as always. And if you're watching on YouTube, listening on Audible or Spotify or any of those things, thank you so much. Give it a thumbs up, a like, a subscribe, turn on the notifications. And, of course, on MMOBomb.com and on YouTube, put in your weekly bombs. Or your question of the week answers in the comments, vital part of the show. Those sections don't exist next week if you don't put them there this week. So make sure to do that. It's going to be a good show. We got a lot of stuff to go through today. Joining me to go through all of it, Mr. Troy. Or I'm sorry, we'll go to Q first. <laughs> I was so used to Troy being first for like the last two weeks. <laughs> Ms. Quinlan Bowers, what's up, Q? Happy Doctor Who month. Happy Doctor Who month, indeed. November. I just I I got to November fifth, watch V for Vendetta, and now I'm done till Thanksgiving. Like there's nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing else going on over here until Thanksgiving. Also on the line, correctly this time, Mr. Troy Blackburn, the new bridge himself. What's up, boss? Always demoted when Q comes on the show. Always, yeah. It's always the seniority. I mean, you can you can have the the spot if you want. I don't I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) It's like When's Matthew or Wilfredo on so I can have top right? <laughs> I don't like this bottom left. I don't like this bottom left. Give me the top right. Yeah, we do have uh, quite a bit of news to get to, so uh, I think let's just hit the bump and get started. Here we go. So I figure, like, obviously we had BlizzCon this week. We're going to talk about that and if Activision Blizzard uh, delivered on some of the things they, you know, you may feel they need to deliver on when it comes to Warcraft or Overwatch 2 or Hearthstone or any of their other properties. Yeah, big news. We're going to talk about it. We also got, uh, speaking of Blizz and World of Warcraft, ex-Blizz devs, including Greg Street, Ghostcrawler himself. We've got more details on Ghost, the MMO coming from his new studio, Fantastic Pixel Castle, uh, published by NetEase. Yeah, we're going to get to that too. But there's also been like kind of a wild week of updates, gang, and layoffs obviously continue to dominate headlines in the gaming industry. We already had the Destiny 2 debacle. We already had all the stuff going on at Cryptic, and basically anything under the Embracer umbrella, whether it's multiplayer or not, is getting hit. Now we have new ones in other companies as well, and some just surprising news. So let's kick it off with a little Overwatch news, not talking about BlizzCon. Troy, the Overwatch League, officially dead. It's done. Yeah, they're they're moving on from the Overwatch League, which means $6 million payouts to some of these teams at least. Yeah. And and it's going to be it's interesting that they're, you know, this is on the table as I, as I said in the article that you can check out on mmobomb.com that uh that these payouts are on the table because that's a lot of money if they end up having to pay out to all the teams. So in order for that to be a viable solution to their problem, then the Overwatch League must be losing money hand over fist at this point. Yeah, and it was speculated a while ago, Q, when we when Blizzard uh, did some reporting on other things 
that, hey, you know, we're examining it. And teams had to sign the new agreement to extend it. And if the teams didn't, then it was basically the end of the league. Then when we saw the championship series and how, like, all the casters kind of signed off with this almost, like, so long farewell type, like, uh, goodbye, kind of tear-jerking for a couple of them if you've, if you've followed them for a long time. It was like, yeah, we saw the writing on the wall and that this was an option, but the way the Overwatch League wrapped up its championship, you were like, yeah, I, this is probably already dead. We just don't know it yet. Well, I mean, they obviously, being in there, have a much better idea of what's going on behind closed doors, whatever, how the, the deals and everything are going. So they have a better idea when they're you know doing their sign-offs that, things just weren't going well of course these companies right are gonna they're they're gonna wait till it's convenient for them to make these announcements no matter what the the people they're dealing with already know and are already kind of you know telegraphing to yeah. the rest of the world they're just gonna wait till it's convenient for them to make the announcement whatever looks good on the books or you know, can maybe make it, you know, less detrimental to themselves in some way. I'm not really sure how you go about that with this particular thing, but it, it's always right there. It, it, there's always some decision on timing involved in making official announcements about things like this. Yeah. And this kind of like goes into that larger narrative that you mentioned, Troy, about specifically Overwatch losing money uh, from Blizzard's side. But the the whole topic of esports, right? Like years ago, we saw all these different companies building facilities for esports, multi million dollar facilities and things like that. And you still have your pockets of very competitive and highly viewed and advertisers go to uh, various events, particularly overseas. Not a lot here in the West, but you have your Rocket Leagues, you have your Counter Strikes, you have you know all those different esports that do fairly well. You still have League of Legends like trugging. Tr uh, trucking along a little bit but overwatch yeah like the esports industry as a whole is just you know what this didn't take off as much as we thought when we were yeah, like hey we could be the digital nfl yeah that's what i was gonna say it just didn't take off like everybody thought it was going to and you know they had some big viewer numbers there for a while especially when you look at things like league of legends and csgo uh there were some humongous uh viewer numbers for a short period of time but those have just trickled off over time it also doesn't help right that overwatch 2 has had its own damn problems whether it's in esports or not like all of a sudden this thing that had to be a sequel now has zero reason to be a sequel, but is still a sequel. Uh, all the changes they've made. And when we get to the BlizzCon portion, like, I don't, I, I actually might be a little worried about Overwatch itself, not just Overwatch uh, as a competitive league. From the uh, uh, Al uh, spokesperson, they said, uh, we are transitioning from the Overwatch league and evolving competitive Overwatch in a new direction. We're grateful to everyone who made the Overwatch League possible and remain focused on building our vision of a revitalized esports program. We're excited to share details with you all in the near future. So apparently there are plans. What those plans could even possibly be, Troy, I don't I don't really have any idea. Yeah, it's speculation right now like is community run go stuff, maybe? Yeah, they're going to go third party with community run stuff or or team with somebody like ESL or something like that going forward and not be in charge of running their own league, basically. 
$144 million, Q. That's like the estimated amount that Blizz will end up paying out to all the teams when they're all done with this. Because they each get like $6 million because the contract wasn't renewed. Yeah, I think maybe what you'll be looking at for the continuation of Overwatch as an eSport is something where they're not liable for things like that. And they're just not involved in the actual, you know, it's it's just more hands off they don't they don't have to really invest in it it's still great promotion for their game if if you know other people are running it it so it's it's kind of whatever but that way they're not spending any money or time or effort or whatever supporting this thing and it's also one of those things too like you were talking about with you know all of them all, all of the companies being like oh we're going to really invest in esports and even league to a point pulled back on their esports yeah. stuff they restructured but they were all like we're going to invest so heavily in esports and it's like none of them took a look at starcraft when they all decided this because starcraft right went was going really really heavily in south korea for yep. a really still, long still time. big in the east yeah. but but and it was building popularity here where people were staying up till 3 a.m to watch it and shit and then it just kind of fell off as a thing that people are that terribly interested in in the states like it just kind of because gamers are kind of like that. We find something else that we're more interested in, and we're no longer paying attention to that thing. Yeah, it also always for for <laughs> me at least esports. Like obviously, I'm not a competitive esports player in any way, shape, or form in any game. I play ranked and in shit, but I'm never going to be on a team or anything like that. Uh, I've never really watched esports in general, even if it was a game like I I enjoy Rocket League an awful lot. And I may go watch some clips uh, afterwards, but I'm like the prime viewer for this. I play that game almost every day, almost every day. And I like watching high level play, but there's a key difference I've noticed when I watch Rocket League and if I would try to watch anything else, right? If you like American football, you sit down on Sunday and you watch American football and it doesn't matter, Troy, who's on the field, what teams, what players, you know how the game is played mm. and you have an idea of maybe, or you're going to listen to the commentary and they're going to tell you this person's a little better than this person. You're going to get a little bit of insight if you need it, but you don't need any more additional information, right? When you sit down and you watch Overwatch League uh, or League of Legends competitive play or anything, there are so many characters, so many abilities. The meta's constantly shifting. The teams are constantly shifting. Strategies constantly shift. You might know the basic rules of, you know, go take down these towers, get to the core, take the core out for this particular game, this particular MOBA. You might know, hey, this team needs to protect these objectives in Overwatch from this team, or it's a team deathmatch or whatever. You might know those core. But I've never sat and watched a game like that and been involved enough in the video game being broadcast enough to really grasp or understand to a meaningful degree what's going on on my screen. And I think that's a huge problem for esports, right? You can watch a game of baseball without knowing who the players or the teams are and understand what's going on as long as you know the core rules to baseball. That doesn't translate into a lot of the esports genre. Yeah, and a, a lot of times you'll see, you know, these esports teams, they'll be ahead of the meta anyway. So even if you do understand the current meta that you're playing in a, in a game that you're playing, these guys are doing something completely different 
and are setting what the next meta is going to be. <laughs> so you're like, why, why is the support going to this other lane up here? And then everybody yeah. tries it and everybody sucks at it for a while. Yeah. And when you watch a diving catch on the football field, you can appreciate that as a good play. I have to take the commentator's word for whatever X player on the screen is doing is unconventional and high level. And wow, who would have seen that coming? They played that in a way that not many people ever would have played that. I got to take your word for it because it's over in eight seconds. And I don't know the the game I'm watching enough. So, yeah, that's why CS competitions are pretty or very popular because they're very core at their core, easy to understand. Right. Shoot. Pew pew, very particular <laughs> on the match, you know. Call of Duty, oh, we're not even going to talk about Call of Duty three, but I think <laughs> Ninja Pandas probably says it right, right? Esports can go over a lot of people's heads very quickly, depending on their personal uh, diving into the game itself. I don't know. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, I, Troy, I'm really interested in what you think of this. So you like sandbox MMOs, you like your PvP in your MMOs, all that good stuff. You thought you were very interested in Arcage back in the day. It didn't pan mm. out for totally different reasons, but not that type of stuff. There was generally open world stuff, uh, sandboxy stuff that was good in Arcage that you did enjoy, but the overall execution of some other elements totally ruined the game for you and many. On the investors' call this week, we found out that uh, Cacao Games is shifting away from that, that like large-scale PvP focus. They're shifting away from that with Arcage too, and they're gonna more story-driven PVE content. You know, one-player, smaller groups, solo play, that type of thing on a PVE front to try and pick up more of a Western audience. Is this a good move to pick up an audience? Or a bad move for somebody that actually enjoyed the original arcade. <laughs> uh, I think it's probably a good move to pick up a more general audience here in the West. I think they should uh, probably pay attention to, you know, what the players, how the players play over here, and and the differences in in play style between East and West, and, and what we're into as, as, as a whole, especially if you want a, a good gaming audience, because at the end of the day, they, they didn't hold on to a, a big audience with Arcage, and there were a lot of reasons for that, and they weren't all gameplay related. Uh, there were monetization issues, there was the labor system, or whatever whatever they call it in the game, but um, there, there were plenty of issues with the original Arcage that kept kept players from getting into it and really investing in it. And so if you can provide an opportunity for, uh, you know, a different audience to invest in your game, why not? But is it good for Arcage, Q? Is it good for Arcage? People wanting to see an Arcage sequel were fans of the original Arcage. And this is, obviously, there's going to be some similar similarities. There was PvE, you know, and stuff like that in the first one. But the big part of this was the land grab, the PvP, the large-scale battles and stuff like that. And obviously, that's not the entirety of the original Arc Age, but key features in the original Arc Age, some of which aren't making it to the sequel now. I think, and it's not necessarily a nice thing to say, but I think to a certain extent, divs aren't 
always worried about the players of the first game what (laughs) (laughs) they don't like because they have that audience that's probably going to continue to sit there and play our gauge unless they shut it down right so they've already got them i mean they did bail on twitter a while ago like i have to hashtag anything arc age related i can't everybody (laughs) everybody (laughs) is bailing on twitter and and for a myriad of reasons including right like so many of them are like screw twitter screw forums discord is a thing i hate you all for that all of you um but so like what they what they want right when they make these new games is not the audience they already have but the potential audience that they that they think they could have if they do things a little bit differently but put it in you know put the name in because there's a lot of people I'm sure that are like oh well it sounds like a neat universe a neat idea but I'm not going to go do what they're doing in there that's not yeah. the kind of gameplay I want to be involved in so what do you do you make another game that's you know, you know, probably ends up being prettier and stuff because it has, you know, you know, better tech and everything when you're developing and and all of that. But the real goal is to make it something that the people who said, well, I would play that, but play this one. So I think if you're looking for a bigger audience than what you already have, then, you know, it's, it's just kind of to be expected. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with you, right? Like it's probably a downer for a lot of arc age fans, but the reality of it was there weren't a lot of Arc Age fans. <laughs> like uh, when it when it comes to population size across MMOs, the, it was a relatively small one, dedicated, hardcore, all about their game, but ultimately smaller in the grand scheme of things. Try to pick up a bigger audience by going in a slightly different direction. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dream Especially World. Considering the uh, the audience that was interested in it coming in too. Yeah. Uh, Dream World. If you thought that just went and died, you're wrong. Uh, apparently, Dream World is headed into Alpha 2 in early 2024, bringing obviously a bunch of improvements over Alpha 1, graphics overhaul, new world bosses, new building stuff, the unlimited biome, you know, just go right on the world and just keep going and it'll keep generating biomes and all that, the fun stuff. Again, this is a, a project just with a myriad of red flags all over it. I'm not going to relitigate or catch you up on Dreamworld. Go read all the stuff on this on MMO Bomb and watch the interviews and stuff like that. But Alpha 2 coming, and I think an important decision, at least a smart decision, whether it pays off or not, I, I, I don't know. I don't think it will. But Dreamworld is going to go free-to-play, which means anybody that bought into the Alpha, the original Alpha, will be offered a refund, Troy, if they want it. Or you can let the company keep the money or even buy the upcoming Founders Packs, because of course you can, um, mm. to get all kinds of different bonuses in-game and on the Discord and all that, all that stuff that's typically in those packages. I think that's a good move, but I just, to this day, there are so, like, even free-to-play, I I put in the article, like, the red flags on this one have red flags. Just (laughs) wait until your favorite content creators make videos and you see what you're getting into. Even free-to-play, I'm still highly skeptical, at best, of the Dreamworld project, personally, and it doesn't help that it's just not my kind of game anyway. I don't care about, you know, Minecraft-esque 
type games. Uh, but yeah, Alpha 2 and free to play. I guess I'm that's a, an improvement, be, right? It's an improvement. I guess so. I'm going to be going in and getting my refund from back in the day. Uh, the last time I had my hands on DreamWorld, it was just absolute garbage and didn't deserve to be even in existence. It was it was just not good at all. And so I'm going to be looking for my refund. You gave them money? Yeah, I gave them <laughs> money back in the day. Here's the thing. You can't file for your refund yet. That'll start yeah. in uh, January, and you'll have to email them to, to get it back. I mean... Uh, Q, I, I at least like credit where due. I don't have any faith in this project long term personally, but credit where due to make the decision to go free to play and then say, if we're going to do that, we need to take care of the people that did give us, uh, you know, bought, bought their way into Alpha One. We're going to give you a full refund, even though you've been playing no partial stuff or anything like that. Or you can let us keep it and we'll give you a bunch of Founders Pack stuff. That is a good move. That is a, a good PR move for a company. Uh, a very small one that, that historically has not made good PR moves. Well, I'm going to be a little bit cynical here and say it, it was a good move, but it was a good move probably in the, this will save us the most heartache. Let's not get sued. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, what's, the, like I've just been sitting here looking at their logo and I feel like that should have been enough of a clue to everyone because it basically looks like somebody in the office went Westworld logo, but with a graphic design is my passion. Fit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've waited long enough. Kasasha, here you go. Grand Theft Auto 6, not a multiplayer game, at least at its core, depending on see what they'll do with Grand Theft Auto Online when 6 comes out. You're getting a sneak peek in December. You're getting a first reveal in December. I'm only bringing it up because Kasasha pointed that we had gone 10 minutes without mentioning Grand Theft Auto 6, which is impossible for a podcast to do this week. So, there you go. <laughs> hey, Throne and Liberty is prepping for a PvE showcase at G-Star. Uh, if you didn't like their like previously show showcase stream thing because it was a little, they kind of went all in on the PvP side and they even mm. turned some PvP options on in the world that aren't on by default just to showcase that stuff. So it looked very PvP aggressive uh, and they did get feedback on that. They did say, hey, we, we made some changes to those areas. You are going to have safe zones. You're going to be able to do all that stuff. We were showcasing that. At G-Star, they're going to be showing the PvE side of things. Single-player dungeons, six-person group dungeons, guild raid dungeons, that type of stuff. And they did take the opportunity in the latest producer's letter to once again point out, no pay to win, Troy! And they used like these little toy characters as examples because they, they had to. People were like, you could buy these to fill your collection. And they were like, yes, but there's restrictions and you're not going to be able to fill your collection with cash shop toys to, to increase your power like that or get you new abilities on mounts and things. Uh, again, Throne and Liberty keeps responding to the exact feedback the players are giving. Now, whether it ends up being a good product long-term or not, we don't know yet, but I actually really like the way they've gone about this over the last year or so, right? We don't like this combat style. All right, let's make some changes to it. We don't like the auto hunting. Okay, let's shut it off. Even if it's temporarily, let's see what it's like. You showed a lot of PvP. Okay, yeah, but that was a demo specifically for that. We're going to show some PvE. We're not pay to win. Here's specific examples because we keep hearing this. I got to respect at least the the 
quote-unquote transparency and willingness to shift with feedback through testing. I know that's funny to say because that's the whole point of testing, but you don't actually see that anymore. <laughs> yeah, it, it is weird to see like such big changes and, and so often they're actually responding to things that that the feedback that they're getting, uh, because like you said, you, you don't, you don't see that a lot. Even when somebody calls it testing or early access, you don't usually see this amount of, of, of responses and changes to a game, especially this late in the process. Yeah. So to see them, to see them make those changes over the, especially over the past few months, over the past year, uh, they've, they've won me back. They've got me reinterested in the game where I had lost interest in it for a while. So, you know, it, it, they've been making some good moves, and kudos to them for doing so. We'll see if it ends up being a good game, though, Q. I mean, it could turn around and they just sell a shit ton of bag space, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you need Jason on here to answer that one. True. <laughs> True. Jason and inventory. Jason and inventory. Uh, not really a lot on this one, but I did want to bring it up since we had mentioned it on a previous show. Not something we really need to talk about. But The Last of Us multiplayer, which was rumored to be canceled, which, by the way, Sony's 12 live services games by whatever, 2024 or 2025, whatever the hell that was. Yeah, that seems to be about six now, uh, particularly because of how The Last of Us multiplayer did not seem to be working out very well. Rumors are that it was going to be canceled, but the director did take to Twitter and say, hey, I'm, I'm back at work on Last of Us multiplayer now that I've beaten Mario Wonder. Uh, and killed 300-plus Marios in the process. So maybe it isn't dead. I I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yesterday, though, ugh, the layoffs continue. Digital Extremes dropped over 30 employees yesterday. A lot of these employees, not all, but a lot of these employees, uh, were part of their external projects group now remember digital extremes does warframe mm -hmm. and the upcoming soul frame they're the publisher for the early access title wayfinder right now yeah not anymore uh not only have they laid off over 30 people including this external project so that they can in their words to ensure, or for us to achieve our goals for Warframe and eventually Soulframe, we need to be able to rally 100% behind in-house products and development. Uh, they are letting Wayfinder go. Airship Syndicate has now got to take over the entire shebang for their early access title. It's, it's hard not to look at this, Troy, and go, is Wayfinder dead? Now, Airship Syndicate has said all the right things on their Discord, their Twitter and everything. We're, we're working with players. We're going to take this over. You guys are helping us out a lot. It's We're still full steam ahead. Like they've said, they've said all of the right things as far as, don't worry, we're not going anywhere. But you just lost a publisher. Whatever your agreement was with them, you lost something. Was it money? Mm. Was it oversight? Was it experience? Who knows? I'm not privy to their contract. But this is a loss. For Wayfinder, a game that is still struggling to find an audience. About 800 players yesterday when we wrote this on Steam. Obviously, it's also available on the PlayStation. Will be free to play at launch, but costs $19.99 or more to get into its early access right now, depending on what pack you buy. I, I, I don't, I can't, even with like Mr. Optimism glasses, I can't look at this and go, this is a good thing. 
Yeah, it's certainly not a good thing. It's uh, it's it's definitely something that I'm probably I'm sure Airship Syndicate didn't want to happen. Uh, they were they had to have been counting on experience, money, something from Digital Extremes here, uh, obviously to get this game up and going and 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 to support it going forward. And for a publisher to just drop you like that and then lay off some staff, let's not forget that. Uh, laid off over 30 people, unfortunately, uh, which uh, tis the season, it seems like. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's not a good thing for the game, especially with a game that's struggling to maintain an audience at this point, at least on Steam, uh, the numbers that we can see. So, you know, going forward, you know, free-to-play is in the future, but, you know, will the game be in a position to last long enough because we see so many games just die in early access that, that never hit a full launch and never give themselves a shot to be like, hey, we're feature complete now. So, you know, unfortunately, it's it's bad news. Q, it's one of those situations, too, right, where whatever the deal was, Digital Extremes is forfeiting future monies, right? Like, whatever the publishing deal arrangement was with them, they're they're forfeiting royalties and percentages of future revenue on this project. So obviously there had to be analysis of we're not going to get as much as we thought. We're not going to get as much as we want, whatever it is. And and people get laid off, even in successful companies. I mean, revenues for Blizzard were up and they laid 800 people off like that happens in the business to cut those profit lines anyway. But Warf Digital Extremes gets to frame this as they're closing their external projects division to my knowledge, this was their only external project. <laughs> so it's kind of like a nice way to be able to reframe what they're doing without saying, we, we've we made the decision that Wayfinder isn't going to get us the long-term gains we wanted it to. And so we're cutting our losses and getting out now. Now, there are good things going on in Wayfinder if you're still playing it. There's like the experience stuff has been improved in the last update. Like there are good things happening in early access if you like the game and you like the gameplay loop. There's still a lot of jank in there too. And what I'm really worried is this is going to potentially, and this is me guessing, potentially put Airship Syndicate Q in a position where they have to go to the free-to-play launch way earlier than they intended because they have to open the cash shop and hope, uh, open it up to a larger audience by hoping that, hey, our free-to-play launch will drive the audience back in and our cash shop will be able to sustain while we fix and update things that we really wanted to do in early access, but now we can't. Yeah, that ain't gonna happen. I mean, it just, it, it doesn't... I'm really worried for this title now. I really am. I mean, that's the thing, because the publisher, in a deal between a developer and a publisher, the publisher is a source of money. Usually, to, yes, but not always. Up, but yeah, usually. Like, to, to prop up what you're doing. And and they're, they're definitely a source of money involved in the advertising end of things. Like, it's the publisher that handles the promotional materials and stuff like that. So that kind of stuff is is going to be harder for them to do. Um, and I think, you know, like whoever, whatever the people, I don't know what all of, you know, digital extremes, uh, external arm did, 
uh, like their the various employees, but I'm pretty sure that a portion of them were the people that were handling the social media for the game and that kind of stuff. So uh, it's just a, a lot of their, the, the what was there as a support system is now gone. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, they're going to want to to roll it out, right? Like you said, probably roll it out earlier to try to get an influx of cash in. But you already said that, like, it wasn't faring well anyway prior to this decision. Yeah. So... I don't really see people being like there there will be there will be some people who'll just be like, yep, we'll get in there and we'll start giving you money and stuff like that. But the problem is is if the game isn't already good enough for, for the free-to-play players to want to continue to play it, they're definitely not going to be dumping money into it at the same time. Like they'll hop in, play for a couple of hours, decide this is not great and leave. Yeah, it's it's definitely a game that has its appeal to me, uh, being the PvE loop that they do. Uh, I still have it installed, but it is also one Troy that I've said I'll come back at the like tail end of early access because there's a lot of work that still needs to be done here. You're in early access. I get it, but you are charging for this something we did knock them for when they had all of their massive server issues when this first started, which I'm sure sent a bunch of people running and screaming away from this title before it even had a shot. It's just a series of unfortunate events over and over and over. This latest one, I want to believe that they can take the early access time that they originally planned to do and make the updates and fixes and improvements and additions that they want to and go to the free-to-play launch on the timing they originally planned to. But I just have severe doubts that with Digital Extremes not in the picture anymore, that that timetable gets to stay at the original times they were planning for. I think things have to get accelerated and we've just seen that fail over and over and over again. Yeah, you you would imagine that the timetables have to be accelerated at this point because they've lost the support and or money and or whatever else that they were counting on going forward. So to if the timetables don't get accelerated, I would actually be surprised at this point. Last one on this wacky news here, because I didn't put the link in here, but I did want Troy to you to take a look at this. I assume you've seen the Taurus Land Warrior Class trailer video. Yeah. Because you get to bash things over the head with a sword and a shield. So I wanted to see, as somebody who has played in Taurus Land testing, previous testing, as somebody who likes warrior classes that smack things in the head with other big metal things, what do you think of the uh, class reveal? Uh, it was it was pretty all right. Um, the the game overall to me just comes across more of a as a mobile game than a, than a PC game, which it you know it, it's cross platform. So, uh, but you know the the class itself it looked interesting. The class itself is, uh, is something that I would definitely play. <laughs> the sun is shining in my window in like a little square right on my chin. Like I occasionally I look like I have a little sunshine goatee. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah i mean it looks like an interesting class it looks like something that i would play if i was going to play taurus land i don't know that taurus land is on my uh to-do list right now oh yeah uh, it is it's your first look oh okay <laughs> <laughs> when it eventually oh, taurus comes land out, is on yeah. my to-do list so we'll be playing this warrior class <laughs> expect to see future or other classes released uh as we head on towards launch of this now before we talk about blizzcon 
let's uh, let's dive into Ghost a little bit. Now we had talked about this last week. Timestamp. Uh, when we saw the initial, like, hey, this is what we're working on from Ghostcrawler and the team at Fantastic Pixel Castle. Now, they did hold the stream we mentioned last week. It was a little over an hour long, and I actually really liked the way they did this stream. Greg Street and a bunch of the team members sat in a room. They had a camera on them. They did, like, two minutes of intro. Here's what we're here to talk about, our new project. Two minutes of, here's all the people that are here to talk about. By the way, here's a picture of all the people that couldn't be here. We're all we're an all-remote studio, so I do want this to work uh, for that reason. And uh, go. And they just had dude reading questions that were previously submitted. Okay, fine. You get to filter those, take out the ones you want versus the ones you don't want. But they were also answering chat's questions at the same time. They were kind of intermixing them. And that's what all they did, Q. There was no hey, let's talk about classes and answer questions about classes. They were just like, what's next? What's next? What's next? What do you want to know? What do you want to know? Now, this is still very early development, Q, so a lot can change. It's going to be a very open development. In fact, they gave a nod to um, Ashes of Creation and their kind of open community development process as something they want to emulate and kind of take to the next level. But what are we learning about Ghost so far? Well, I mean, like you said, it was that it's an early, early development, and and it was kind of like I I like how they did this too because they were like Street was basically like so we we were trying to figure out how to do this particular thing and we wanted a, bu a bunch of us together but we don't have offices yet, so we literally found the most ostentatious space we could <laughs> <laughs> to sit in. And and hope like golden chairs and you know candelabras and all this shit going on behind him. So it's kind of hilarious. But um, like the first thing he did is showed because they were talking the shards are the big thing for them. Yeah, that's right? like their core gameplay. The They're huh? blue shards, red shards, and it's it's still a little. I think me like me list sitting and listening to something for an hour is really difficult to do, and actually absorb everything that they that they're talking about. But it's, um, you know, like it's breaking out. They're like, we want theme park and we want open world, but they're not happening together. But they do have an effect on each other because you got to go over here to get stuff for this. But then you can actually play on multiples of these blue shards and they all do different things. Yeah, and you but can maybe set your own world. rules and things are more permanent and... This can be your house, you know, your blue shard where you build your house, and this is your blue shard where you're doing guild versus guild, or whatever. Like they, they have a lot of interesting ideas. It'll be interesting to see how they worked it out. But when he was talking about, he's like, "Oh yeah." So when we were first plotting it out, right? Here's the picture that I drew that everybody made fun of me for trying to explain <laughs> yeah. how the shards work, <laughs> like. Yeah. Like that, and the the other things that they addressed were things like somebody asked about mods, um, if they were going to take the WoW approach of you know just letting people mod, but that's kind of screwed up the gameplay. Or if they were going to take the Final Fantasy approach of <laughs> you better not, right? Like, and <clears throat> they're they're like their answer was effectively we don't know yet, but we would kind of like to make it so that. 
we're, we're keeping an open mind about mods that might be useful, say, if there's an accessibility thing that we just don't have the time to get around to, but somebody in the community goes ahead and finds right. a solution for it. Or we understand that some people are just really particular about how their UI looks, but, you know, we don't want something that will, you know, affect you know, like competitive gameplay or what. So, but it was still basically, we don't know, but we're thinking about it. We like the ideas of this. And that's how a lot of the streams seem to yeah. be. It was, we, we, we haven't made those decisions yet, but we're, 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 we're trying to consider all the options. Yeah. I like the open free form nature of the stream. I wasn't a fan at the end of the entire stream though, Troy, because a lot of it was exactly what you just said. And I've seen some people in chat say it too ideas ideas mm -hmm. and this was a the initial problem that i i mentioned last week I, I don't think this game will come out like in a full totally finished product i'm sorry i've seen way too many x Bl blizzard dev does y and y never comes to fruition right i hate seeing that by the way i mean greg street's got chops different scenario there but like Jim, who did QA one time for something on Blizzard, now he's an ex-Blizzard dev working on X project. Okay, fine, sure, whatever. Um, I I understand they couldn't show gameplay and stuff like that. They're not there yet. This is still super early in development. But because of that, and because of how early they opted to do this stream, so much of it was just like conceptual in nature. Well we can sit the three of us and talk for an hour about the MMO we want to create too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it may sound cool and you might like what we're saying and the direction we plan to take with it, but who knows? I saw somebody else mention NetEase being their partner. That was actually a question they did address. Somebody asked them, you know, Hey, I don't like NetEase. They don't historically have a great track record. And Greg street basically just said, Hey, look, NetEase is the company that gave us the money and the freedom to do exactly what we want to do. And so that's why we went with them. They, they, they were willing to give us the money and they were willing to let us build the studio and do it the way that we wanted to do it with no strings on, you know, pressure and doing things a certain way. Maybe that'll pan out. Maybe that won't. I liked the concept of the stream. I just think it was far too early for this because you couldn't show I don't want to say gameplay because I don't think I expected them to show like, you know, hey, let's run a dungeon and stuff like that. But at least some basic, hey, take these ideas you're talking about and show me a screen of you messing with a character creator that even if it's a pre-alpha mock-up, like there was, it was literally just ideas, which are good. Oh, one of them was classes. Well, yeah. we're going to have somewhere between 20 and 50. <laughs> mm -hmm. Somewhere between twenty and fifty. No, Somewhere between twenty and fifty, and they were talking about a rat catcher class, which is like a, an internal joke, but will probably actually end up being in the game. <laughs> right? But it's just they're like we know some people like playing, you know, the shirtless tanky guys, and we know some people want to put on the robes and go cast magic and all of this, but and it's just like. 20 to 50 seems like a lot for an MMO. I mean, I understand it's a thing, right? To have, you know, 
tons of characters in MOBAs or, you know, something like that. But for an MMO, and I was actually talking to Justin about it yesterday. And one of the things that he picked up on is that it's because somebody asked again, you know, like if, uh, if it would be like wow where you know you you get your class and that and 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 your character and that's pretty much it or if you do like um final fantasy where you can do all all your classes yeah, on a they, somebody asked that question and they're like and and he was he was just bitching about it the entire time but it was basically like no they they want the they want your your class to be tied to the character yep, they want and, you to and, roll alts but they yeah and 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 i'm sitting here and he's telling me about this i hadn't watched it yet so i didn't hear that 20 to 50 freaking number but most mmos have like a max of eight ten alts on a server right? right like you can go to another server and create more alts but on your server that you primarily play on you can have like eight eight or ten maybe not even that many some are like three that's what you get three right so at that point, if you have upwards of 50 classes and you and they and your character is tied to a single class and it, <clears throat> like I I don't really understand what they are trying to do there. Yeah. Yes, Brian Holinka is also part of the team. G Greg is not the only wow Diablo Blizzard X person or uh, other big cut if you if you look at the lineup, there's a lot of veterans and pedigrees in there. A question they also asked Troy is like, hey, maybe you got too many veterans here. You're not putting enough new faces in here that might bring new ideas. Uh, somebody asking, is it uh, what engine? Unreal 5. It's Unreal Engine, at least initially. They said they're obviously going to have to make mods to it. It's not an MMO engine out of the box. Uh, but I actually don't know if they specified whether it was going to be 4 or 5. Uh, they definitely said it was going to be Unreal Engine. Uh, Troy, what did you think of this entire thing? Both of us want to see this come to fruition. I certainly do uh, from the aspect of showing that a remote-only studio can do something like this. Uh, plus, I like new MMOs. I went on record last week saying this won't see a full release, at least not the way it's envisioned, and it won't be for a long time even if it does, but I'm going to go with this doesn't see the light of day in a full release. You kind of balked when I said that last week. What do you think now that you've had an hour with the team on their concepts more than anything? Uh, I think it was way too early for something like this. I agree with you on that. It was, it was just nothing but, you know, spitballing ideas out there. And this is what we've got right now. Uh, we followed MMO development long enough at this point to, to know that the ideas that occur at the very beginning development conceptual phases of an MMO rarely make it all the way to the end. Very few of those ideas right. do so. Um, I, I do like that they addressed the, the feature creep sort of aspect of like, uh, crowdfunded MMOs where they've got so much they want to innovate on and they want to do so much. And then the 10 or 15 years later, you know, you're still, oh, we're, we're still working at it. We're still doing so much, you know, innovation, innovation. Uh, so they did address that, you know, you know, we want to innovate where it's necessary, but then we look at other aspects of it, like raids and dungeons and wow and we like where those are at and you know you know how much innovation really needs to be done there if if we like where that is so we can kind of specify in other directions what we want to innovate on but try to keep it uh a reasonable development time because no nobody wants a 10 or 15 year development cycle in this game so i did like hearing that 
But other than that, it, it was it's way too early to take anything too seriously in this. Uh, nothing is set in stone. Uh, I'm sure later on down the road they're going to regret saying some of the things they said because fans are going to be like, "Oh, but you said, <laughs> but you said." That that is the problem too. Saying yeah. like talking about your game too early, gamers tend to take whatever you say about your game that you you would like to do. You can literally say that well, this is the dream or what something we would like to do. They take that as gospel as this is mm-hmm. what's going to happen, and it's just like it's it doesn't matter how you try to communicate it. People are going to hear what they want, and if it's a feature that you're talking about that they think that's a feature that I want, then they're going to take we would like to do this as we are absolutely doing this and you can expect it with the game launches. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch, that's for sure. So before we head over to talk about BlizzCon and then go do the weekly bombs, Q, just a quick one or the other, or, or maybe neither, I don't know. Uh, which do we see released first? Not going into testing and stuff like that, but released into an early access or a launch. The League of Legends MMO that Ghostcrawler left to go do this or Ghostcrawler's Ghost MMO? Well, that's a hard one because I have no idea what's going on with the League MMO. Um, I'm going to go with the League MMO, though, because... I mean, obviously, they're, they're further along, right? They're further along. They're, the company itself is established and, you know, on generally solid footing. They still do the layoffs around now that everybody else does and stuff like that. But um, they're, they're on more solid footing. They already have the game's narrative universe built out because they did that with league of legends so there's they've got a lot of things for them that are already set up and already well in the works versus this which is like i drew a picture with some rocks floating around (laughs) uh troy Uh, um, all right all right peter griffin banging your knee on the table Just, I've got this. I've got this fear that the league MMO is going to get canceled. I'm so okay. So you're going to say ghost or neither? Then, oh man, you kind of uh, were mean to me last week when I said I didn't think ghost was actually going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I'm going to say ghost comes out first. Yeah, I'm going neither. Uh, I just feel like this is very conceptual, very cool. I very much want it to work on a multitude of reasons. Oh, but six years, five years, that's a long time. Netties, eh, eh. So I'm going to go with neither. I also feel like on the League of Legends side of things, I would not be surprised if we see like a Titan thing, right? Where the MMO itself gets canceled, but a lot of the assets and ideas get repurposed in some way and eventually become Overwatch, you know, something like that. Um, So I'm going to go with neither. I'm going to go with neither. But trust me, I want both of them to come out. (laughs) I want (laughs) both of them to come out. I want a League MMO really badly. Yeah. I really do. Hey, let's finish up with some BlizzCon. There was actually a live BlizzCon this year, as opposed to BlizzCon Line. that was horrendous uh and some years with just no events but it didn't sell out it was way overpriced to begin with and it didn't sell out 
It was a lot smaller in like panels and duration. There weren't live Q and A's and stuff. And there are some aspects to that that are good. It was easier to digest the information from the the con instead of having to go through hours upon hours of video to realize that you know Metzen said this in an answer to a question. That's actually an interesting piece of news for us to cover. Uh, I didn't have to watch three hours of the most mundane cherry picked questions sometimes. So there were good and bad aspects to the event as a whole, but. I want to do a quick rundown here. This was pretty big for Blizzard, Troy. This was their first time back to a live event. Overwatch 2's had its woes. Diablo 4's had its woes. Hearthstone's had its woes. Warcraft's had its woes. The company's had its woes. The Microsoft merger is now complete. Bobby Kotick is on the way out at the end of the year. There is talk about WoW potentially coming to consoles once again. Uh, with the team saying things like, yeah, we're probably we're pretty much ready for that if that's a decision that's ever made. Okay, great. But did the show deliver? Did it do what it needed to do for Blizzard fans or fans of these individual games? Troy, we'll go to you first. Hmm, I'd say if you're a Blizzard fan, you're probably happy. Uh, if you're like me and you're sort of an outsider looking in, you know, waiting for something to be excited about again then maybe not so much the the whole three expansion saga for world of warcraft has my attention i wouldn't say that i'm excited for it at this point uh i still want to see see more and see what actually comes of that and what the plans actually are and does that actually pan out like they're like they're envisioning it to pan out uh but if you're a blizzard fan yeah you probably had a pretty pretty decent blizzcon uh, you probably heard some things that you wanted to hear, um, especially Diablo 4 and uh, World of Warcraft. You probably wanted to hear things that were changing and things that were going to get better and, and expansions and things like that. So, you know, for Blizzard fans, yeah, it was probably it was probably a B-plus show uh, for those B+, of us looking huh? in. Hmm. Yeah. So for, uh, for those of us on the outside looking in, I, I would say it was probably a C-plus, B-minus. Hmm. Uh, okay, I'll go next then, Q. Um, he, I don't, I don't think I agree, Troy. Uh, obviously, if you're going to the con, you're going for a different reason, right? Like, obviously, you're going to watch the keynotes and stuff like that, but there's so much like interacting with friends and players and the like, you probably had a good experience if you were there, but you, because you were there for more than just the keynote presentation and these specific panels here and there. You, you go to conventions for an entirely different reason. Um, so if you were there, you probably had fun regardless of what the announcements were. And maybe you enjoyed a few announcements along the way. I think if you were a Diablo fan, um, you're probably pretty miffed right now. Uh, all that was was, you know, detail, uh, like a, a trailer and, and a quick hit. Uh, if you're a Hearthstone fan... I think you were probably disappointed because a lot of the stuff you saw in the keynote in particular was stuff you already knew was coming uh, because that ex the next expansion had been announced already and we've we've had the the prelude updates a couple of them already. I think the last one was actually this week headed into the expansion. If you are an Overwatch 2 fan, I honestly feel like you probably should be a little worried um, that Overwatch 2 might go the way of some other Blizzard products that just end up sitting on the shelf in a maintenance mode. Heroes of the Storm, I'm looking at you. Uh, obviously, it's not going to be short-term. There's still a ton of players. It's still making money, I am sure. But, like, they showed off a new character. 
right? And like, that was it. That was it. There was like no mention of even the minuscule PVE stuff that they're doing. Like, that, that was it. And then on the WoW side, they totally danced around WoW Classic Plus being a thing. They kind of alluded to it with some of what Season Discovery is doing, but stayed away from talking about like a whole full-on Classic Plus. The Season of Discovery does look very interesting. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued to check that out a little bit uh, when that launches. And then the triple expansions, I think that was pretty smart, right? Let's not announce one, let's announce three. That's kind of a big headline. That's a big splash. Chris Metzen talking about story and narrative being a little more cohesive. Uh, you have to like WoW's story to begin with, but I would agree that the last few expansions just seem like, where are we going to go now, gang? Okay, mm -hmm. let's go to space, you know? And well, why? Our narrative really doesn't take us there. Well, let's make the narrative take us there. Um... So I, I am hopeful. That was interesting to me, the the plan there, kind of taking the Guild Wars 2 approach, it seems like, with uh, more expansions more frequently, but a little smaller on the content side of things, which seems to be working out for Elder Scrolls Online, Guild Wars 2, and uh, I forget who else, but somebody else is going to... Um, Albion Online is doing the same thing. Like, a little more content, a little more frequently, but smaller content bites. I like the idea. It was nice to see Metzen on stage, is he going to, like, save World of Warcraft? No. Like, he's one dude. Uh, he can certainly influence things in a good direction, I think. And it was certainly nice to see him on stage. I think the best fans that walk out of BlizzCon were probably the World of Warcraft fans. But I don't think that they were like, Woo! We get some crazy WoW stuff! Yeah! I, I honestly feel like even if you are a hardcore Blizz person, Troy... This was probably like a B minus to a C plus. From a reporting perspective, it was very easy this year because of the Streamline <laughs> show. So I'm going to give it an A minus there. Uh, I think if you are, if you've already left WoW or left some of these games, this show maybe gave you something on the WoW front that you're like, oh, I'll watch when that comes out. I probably won't play right away, but I'll watch. And if it looks cool, I'll come in. And I also think one big thing that they did not do was they did not address anything on the company's front. Nothing. And I am still, and I'm going to be waiting till the day I die probably, right? I am still waiting for some type of acknowledgement and honest communication about their past and their future. And hell, a decent <laughs> apology. <laughs> might be a place to start. They totally avoided it. I get mm. that they probably weren't going to do it anyway, so it's not like I expected them to, but I still think honest adult communication from a company that historically we've seen weren't adults would go a long way. They have zero impetus to do it. I understand that. It doesn't help them. It only hurts them to even bring it up. I get it, but I still think it'd be nice. It's like on my wish list. Q, we'll let you give the final take on whether BlizzCon did what it needed to do or not. I'll be honest. I didn't analyze whether Blizzard needed to do or did what they needed to do. Everybody seemed really bored at the thing. And that was what I got out of it. I kept She messaged me like three times. We were watching it. But I was on here's I was on a conference call. So I had it muted. So it was like I have a one of those like Samsung, uh, you know, 
9 S9 or whatever monitor this is. I don't even remember. Huge curve, right? OLED thing. And so I had it open on like this third of the screen and I discorded this third. I'm sitting here on a conference call. I have it muted and I'm watching. And Q and I are just like typing back and forth, you know, odd notes and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, did I just see like three World of Warcraft expansion logos within like 18 seconds? And Q's like, yeah, they just announced three. And I was like, wait, what? What are well, they doing? And then she goes, man, this Hearthstone presentation has everybody bored to tears. <laughs> Honestly, the Hearthstone presentation was the part where I came in first, right? And I thought it that the presenter just wasn't, you know, engaging people like that 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 was the problem they weren't finding her engaging enough or whatever no it wasn't that they were bored with the entire thing the only time anybody showed any actual life is when they announced chris was coming out yeah when Metzen, chris got a bigger and cheer than carried that else. stage and like, then like we expected him to he carried that mm. stage and then he literally turned around and called the entire world of warcraft uh, player base old yeah yeah he did uh and the whole mike yabara like <laughs> tears thing that was weird like we've seen yoshi p cry and you're like oh see him mike yabara try to cry or i i don't the phrase you're looking for is crocodile tears yeah <laughs> i was like oh yeah that was weird too kasashi you're right phil spencer showed up which okay yeah cool i get it though you know the buyout's done and everything but i also would have thought like you did kasashi that they were, would give him troy some type of big announcement like if you're going to yeah, come to the yeah, show here, you announce this. Like he showed up at FanFest, right, and announced the Xbox stuff for Final Fantasy 14. Nothing. He was just like, "Hey guys, own you now. Peace. Have a good con." I mean, you know, <laughs> like I guess it is just a confirmation of that fact. We own you now. <laughs> just, just a reminder. We're here and watching you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's slide over and do the weekly bombs. Go for it, Troy. A bomb to having to write up layoffs like every day of the week here lately. Yeah. Um, that shit's really depressing and, and really gets old, and I'm and I'm sorry I have to do it. Welcome to my world the last 10 years. <laughs> Q, go ahead. Uh two, actually. I have a dub bomb. Oh, what an overachiever this week. Q's I like know. Yeah. I know. Although neither of these things are related to gaming. <laughs> Right, a semi-overachiever. I have a, a, a bomb to uh, the SAG after strike having ended, yeah, like yeah. tentatively, but it's officially ended. There's no way everybody's going to be like, not take that back to the table. Um, now, of course, the game companies probably should start rethinking whatever it is that's making SAG want to strike against them because they're going to win either way. But, uh, and then a uh, a bomb to Warner, who in their infinite wisdom took a movie that is totally complete. They basically pulled a Batgirl again and decided with the Wile E. Coyote movie, which is tested well with audiences, that they were just going to tuck it back in on the shelves yep. and get attacked right off on it instead. Yeah, I feel like the name Warner is going to come up a little bit uh, today because I know I have one and I think somebody else, if I glance right, has one of these too. I'm giving an A-bomb to Warner Brother Games. Uh, who has decided now, hey, man, these live services, they could be pretty dope. Like, we did this Hogwarts <laughs> thing. 
And uh, we got like 700 million hours played in this thing. What if we could monetize all 700 million hours of that shit? Let's go into some more live service stuff. Yeah, Sony wanted to do that too. 12 titles by whatever, 2024, 2025, I can't remember. They're probably going to come in at six, if that. You probably don't want to bark all the way down that tree. Uh, K-Sharp from YouTube or from MMOBomb.com. Again, leave your weekly bombs and question of the week answers in the comments below so I can bring them to next week's show. K-Sharp says, I can't believe I'm saying this. <sighs> the bomb to Bethesda. I had very low expectations for Starfield, but given how much I love The Elder Scrolls Online and my time with Fallout 76 in the state it is now, there is so much similarity that I've been having an absolute blast going across different planet surfaces, exploring, completing missions, and everything else. I know it feels wrong giving Elder Scroll or uh, giving Bethesda a dub bomb. I get it. I get it. Go ahead, Q. <laughs> uh, Baron Vagabond to bomb the nets and the hilarity they cause. <sighs> you're a dick, Baron. Uh, I, okay, so this a is a sports thing, I'm guessing. No, no. <laughs> I wish okay. it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so last week, I finally decided to give Blizzard a little bit of money after having not given them money for two years plus. Uh, after California filed suit against them, with the act of, with the purchase by Microsoft, I was like, okay. Uh, let me give you a little money because I'd always wanted to check out WoW Classic and stuff like that, but I just never did. I uh, wasn't going to give him cash. I said, we'll start giving you a shot again. I paid 15 bucks, immediately canceled it so it wouldn't auto-renew, uh, and we'll go from there, like baby steps, right? Just want to watch, <laughs> right? And so I was playing WoW Classic on hardcore servers, and I got this paladin. It was like level 11, and we're in Westfall doing our thing, and I got to kill two Defi or some Defias, and I see two, and I'm like... It's fine. I'm level 11. They're 12 or 13. We're totally fine. I'll pull one. I'll throw a stun on the other one. We'll burn one down. We'll burn one down. So I pull it, and I accidentally hit my divine protection instead of my stun, which makes me immune to all damage for a few seconds, but I can't do anything for those seconds, like attack or anything. So I basically have forced myself now into a point where I have to run. I have to run and let these things reset. And they fucking net me to the ground as I'm running away. My divine <laughs> protection wears off, and my level 11 pally on a hardcore server meets their demise. That was last yeah. night on Ready Check Radio stream. Glad you you have a a fondness for nets now. Glad I could help. Go ahead, Troy. Uh, Kasasha, obvious a bomb for BlizzCon. Nothing unexpected happened. No new games. Only the obvious expansion announcements for Diablo 4 and World of Warcraft. Takal chiming in with a really easy one. A-bomb for head colds. No explanation needed. You're right. That sucks. Hope you feel better. Go ahead, Q. Guardianville, the bomb to the demo of Backpack Battles. It's addictive and stupid fun. If you like making builds, I highly recommend it. A-bomb to WB Games, doubling down on live service games. I don't like this pattern. Make a good game, then a cash grab. Live service games don't have to be bad, but they don't have the great track record. In the end, Greed always wins. This is not going to end well for WB Games. Back to the studio before I go on a rant. Well, yeah, it's going to end perfectly for them because they can cancel a bunch of video game projects and get millions <laughs> of dollars in tax right off. Write-offs, which is basically WB's model all the way around at this point. Yep. Question of the week last week. Two questions, depending on which one you wanted to talk about. What's the future look like for Bungie? Are they in real danger and Destiny 2? And what's the future of the day before? Lol. 
Uh, K Sharp says, question of the week, given the state of Destiny 2 and the Bungie company as a whole, including the absolutely atrocious treatment of the employees that were laid off, losing healthcare stocks and everything else, I can't help but think of a comment made in a previous podcast. It was said when Sony bought out Bungie that they never intended to bring a bunch of Sony people in to replace Bungie people. Well, maybe they should have. Uh, as to the day before, I really don't see a future, even if it manages to launch. There are so many other very similar games in that genre that just frankly will do it better. It doesn't last long if it does actually see the light of day in a launch. I think I agree with you on both counts. Go ahead, Q. Uh, Nuno Silva, Destiny 2 needs a 180 degree change for Bungie to be safe, specifically monetization. Still don't get why all the old content was cut. As for the day before, all I'll say is please don't buy the game. Yeah, Wait for credited reviews. A closed beta for volunteers is nothing close to an NDA till launch to cover the poor game, how poor the game will be. Uh, make time for a Facebook group to revive Shining Force now. Oh, mic time for one. Yeah, yeah, mic yeah. Time. It is. It is. Ooh, I might play Shining Force CD tonight now that you said that. Or Shining <laughs> Force 2. I'm not sure which. I'm not sure which. Uh, question of the week this week. Uh, did BlizzCon do what it needed to do? But I realize a lot of you sometimes just don't like Blizzard. So I'll give you an alternate question. If you're just totally not a Blizz person, you don't care about BlizzCon, so your opinion, you're like, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Do you think Wayfinder survives? Why or why not? So did BlizzCon deliver? And what's the future look like for Wayfinder? Does it survive? Let us know in the comments below. Don't forget your weekly bombs. Dub bomb for something good. A bomb for something bad in the world of gaming or just life in general. We'll be back next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Until then, Troy, where can everybody find you? Hey, check me out on twitch.tv slash noobfridge. I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Q. Uh, I'm still lingering on Twitter, Equipment. <laughs> makes it sound like it's like roadkill that didn't quite get killed. I'm still that, just... That's, that's, that's effectively what it is. I've really only been there to watch the SAG stuff and, and for the Doctor Who anniversary, and then I'll probably shut it down. Kind of lingering. I refuse to actually bleed out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there at Magic Man one but more importantly, follow at MMO Bomb so you'll know every time we're going live, we post a first look video, giveaways, interviews, news, and so much more. Until next week, stay safe. We'll see you on the servers.